When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the BWI Daily Edition. I'm Thomas Frankar. Coming up, it's Friday. As always, Ryan Snyder is here to preview the weekend. And you might be thinking, weekend? What weekend? It's just it's NFL's going on. Football never stops. So we have the next junior day for Penn State football, the names you need to know, and, of course, uh, the quest for more talent in the future. More offers going up this week. Talking about all of that on the BWI Daily Edition. Welcome to the final show of the week. Welcome to Friday. Welcome to Ryan Snyder's basement. Ryan, how you doing today? Still haven't hung anything back here from the other day. I'll, <laughs> someday I'll get there. But I'm don't, doing well, man. Don't worry about it. I, I have currently ripped my stairs apart and haven't put them back together. So literally, like getting into the basement is a nightmare because we've been too busy with... Uh, three commitments so far this week, two of them through the transfer portal. Of course, all kinds of stuff at bluewhiteillustrated.com. But uh, we're here. It's Friday. We made it. And uh, that doesn't mean the weekend is over. The week is over, though, because we've got stuff coming up this weekend, right? Of course. Yeah, another junior day, uh, as we've hit on before. This would be – I don't want I don't call this the lesser of the junior days because they're all very important, and I don't want to overlook walk-ons the importance of it. I just know that when fans are watching this and fans who subscribe and all that – uh, you know, they're looking for the top end five star scholarship guys. And I would say this weekend's pretty much half that, half walk on. So they, Penn State always tries to keep their, their junior days no more than 40, maybe a couple over 40. You know, they've learned over the years that you got to keep the numbers down a little bit, make sure everybody gets the attention they deserve. So we're looking at pretty much a 50 50 split, maybe a few more walk ons than, than scholarship guys. And, uh, yeah, that, that's that's what we're looking at this weekend. Next weekend, I think, will probably be the biggest of the three junior days. Last weekend was a good one. This weekend's pretty walk-on heavy. And then next weekend's the one where I expect, uh, if if you haven't been here yet, Penn State's going to go all out to, to get you here next weekend. So should be a good way to finish January. And then February rolls around, and it's a dead period. And, of course, that's when Penn State gets to kind of look back on this season, look at what's ahead, and get ready for spring practice. That uh, self-scouting that you talk about, yes. that where James Franklin talks about doing a deep dive on what you did, what you didn't do well, um, which isn't great for news, but it is great when we get to ask him about it later. Uh, they are making news, though, this week, and that is where we're going to start. This is, the, this is my least favorite time because all I see is this barrage of future film I have to watch, Ryan, and you've been out there Sorry, retweeting bro. this on Twitter and, uh, and, and following up with this, so... Why are why set up for why Penn State is putting out so many offers right now? So this okay, so you have the December period, right? And you haven't locked up your class yet. You gotta do a lot of 2023 recruiting still. Going to the in-home visits with your committed guys, uh finding the handful of guys that are still out there who uh maybe are committed elsewhere, but you have the potential to flip. And then of course you got a handful of guys like KV on keys who you gotta lock down. So that December contact period is really 2023 focused. Now you get to January, Penn State has pretty much their whole 2023 class. Yeah, Chimney Onu's still out there. A couple others maybe they'll look at, but Chimney's pretty much their, their, 
main 2023 guy. And now, of course, that they have Malik McLean over the, uh, you know, in, in the starting classes, the transfer portal is going to slow down. My point here is 2024, 2025, that's really what Penn State's been focusing on uh, all throughout the week. They they hit the road last Friday, just doing some some local here in Harrisburg, maybe a couple other really close. I think maybe Pittsburgh, Philly, anyway. Uh, and then this week, they've been all over the place. Uh, Kenny Sanders replaced Taylor Stubblefield on the road, so they still have their full allotment of coaches. Uh, and they've been everywhere from California to Boston, uh, down to Florida. I don't know if they made it all the way to Washington, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did. So uh, literally the entire country, Texas they were in, Alabama I know, uh, a couple other places as well. So uh, Penn State's really trying to get their, you know, get their, uh, we'll get the offers out there, of course, and, and show these guys that, that they're going to be important. They're going to be pursuing, uh, but also just building relationships with these high school coaches, get to know who these players are, get to know who they need to bring on campus. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. the big thing. So we saw 30 offers go out so far this or over 30. I think we're at like 34, 35 now uh, as of Friday afternoon. A few, I, I would expect a handful more to go out uh, in, in the days ahead. I think last week was around 20 or so offers went out. So 50-plus offers already. I expect next week to be a similar pace. Uh, and look, offers are what they are. You know, Until you get that official, uh, you got to sign this for, for a scholarship offer. They only mean so much. An offer right. really is, hey, we're very interested in you. Uh, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this for it to become committable. Uh, you got to come visit us as well and get to know you more. So they're, they're, I look at offers as basically an invitation. Hey, man, we're interested in you. How interested are you in us? And let's see where this thing goes. So I know we've talked about that before and we've talked about it's change. Why is it? Do you know why it's been a change where you only offer guys you're serious about that if they committed on the spot, you'd be happy about that? Is it just like so players can have 20 offers on their sheet? So it looks, you know, that sort of thing. Or is there more to it than that? Well, recruiting has become so national. You know, if you I mean, this has been a thing for a decade or so now, but if you want to look okay. back to 20, 30 years ago, it was much more regionalized, even for the very best of programs. You know, the Georgias of the world, the, obviously 30 years ago, wasn't uh, maybe necessarily Georgia or Alabama, but let's use right. them. For example, those schools, they, yeah, sure. They get guys from all over, but it's, it's now truly a national thing. I mean, Penn state was not going to California all the time back in the early two thousands, nineties, all that kind of stuff. So it really, you're going to see a lot more offers go out just from the perspective that you have to recruit nationally uh, just because it's, it's so much easier to get film out there these days too. I mean, huddle has changed a lot of things and just how the scouting process goes down. I mean, back in the day, you know, in the nineties, two thousands, like how were you going to get film from a kid in Nevada? You know, that just didn't happen as regularly. How would they know to send you a VHS and why would you open it up? You you have mm-hmm. no reference point for that, right? Right, right. Yeah. So just the information that's out there, sites like on 3 and 24-7, you know, there's just, there's so much more information out there. So that's naturally more offers have gone out and naturally kind of offers have changed. You know, one thing I will say is Penn State tries to make sure that like regional guys, like they hand out offers to regional guys that, are more just invitations to campus than anything else. But especially in-state guys, I mean, they really do try to take their time with that because they know those guys are going to be very interested in Penn State and they don't want to be pulling the rug out from underneath them. But a lot of these offers down south, out west, they're just kind of, hey, we like you. We know you're not going to come visit us unless you have an offer, so here's an offer. That's really what they are. And and Penn State, from what you understand, is upfront about that, right? Of like, here's an offer, of but like, this is the thing. And that's been, uh, is that a difference with a lot of schools of like, here's an offer, but they don't add those stipulations. They make it sound like, and then is is that where Penn State and their 
family atmosphere and upfront and understanding and explaining the process. Everything I've ever heard uh, from recruits is that part of that whole conversation. It just depends on the school. Like if you look at Clemson and the Stanford's of the world, I mean, I know Clemson and Stanford are very different in many ways, but Stanford, right. of course, because of academics. Clemson, just because that's how Dabo does things. Like Dabo, I don't know where Stanford stands out right now, but I know there was a point where Penn State had like four times the amount of offers that Clemson has out. Uh, so it just really depends on the school. I would say the vast majority of schools handle it similar to Penn State. I will say that Penn State, since COVID, has kind of changed the way they've done things. They hand out way more offers now than they did in the beginning of Franklin's tenure. I mean, they're they're surpassing 200 offers uh, regularly now. The last couple of years, they've done that. And usually, it used to be you know anywhere between 120 and you know maybe maybe 160-ish, and then we started growing to 170s, 180s, and now here we are well into the 200s. I don't know if that was a philosophy change. Mm -hmm. It, it kind of feels like it was to me because there was a big jump uh, yeah. to 2020, 2021. So that's but, like 10 players a position, right? I mean, that's not uh, – if you break it down, and that doesn't even include specialists, right? So if you say 200, you're still – 10 players a position that's not that's not a, a well a wild number but obviously it is a very big difference than in the past well i mean it's look a quarterback is very specialized right like you you quarterback is one of those kind of positions where if i'm wrong they they do hand out offers to the guys that they want to get on campus but the majority of the quarterback offers they hand out is because they've done the scouting and they're very interested just because quarterback right. recruiting is different than everything else but then if you go look at wide receivers man like they're offering forty wide receivers a year now, more than that. What's right. say that now? But I'm trying to. I'm just trying to pull this up. So 2024, they've offered 26 uh, running backs and 54 wide receivers. <laughs> Never mean, mind what like, I said. Forget what right. I said. That was wrong. So, <laughs> it just depends on the position. So it, yeah. it does though depend on the position. Um, but yeah, I mean you're, uh, and it depends on needs every year. I mean you'll see that fluctuate a bit too. But no, it's 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 just about again. Hey, we really like you a lot. You got to, we're going to keep evaluating. We're going to, you got to make sure your grades are doing well. Don't get in trouble. All these little things matter. We're going to keep, continue to evaluate you. Uh, but from what we see now and what we think of your potential, we want to get you an offer. Now you got to come visit us and, and we'll see where things go. It's the BWI Daily Edition. We're here on a Friday evening. Like the video if you're watching here on YouTube. Appreciate you uh, being here every night. I love that there's a community of people that hang out every time the, the video's on. And just chat in the comments. Like, they talk about what's going on on screen. They talk about us and, you know, a meta comment. They might be commenting on the comment about me commenting on them. But uh, it's fun that we have this group of people. And we like to grow it. And, uh, you know, the community is never... Never, it's never going to be too big. It's never going to be too small. We'd like to have more people. So like the video, subscribe to Beloit Illustrated on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we're taking BWI mailbag subscription uh, uh, questions. So if you want to give a five-star review with your question, we'll answer it on the next mailbag show. Uh, Ryan, you did an awesome job Tuesday night when we were talking live with our viewers here on mm -hmm. YouTube. Um, the next thing is going to be we're going to get into the list of players from this come this upcoming weekend. So is there anything else you want to set up about this junior day? You mentioned the, the kind of the demographics of it from walk-ons to players. Is there any other thing that people need to know before we get into the five players you find most interesting? Yeah. Um, not, not too, too much. I just, I think that's the main thing really is just, it's a 50, 50 split this weekend. There's still a handful of quality players out there that Penn state wants to be preferred walk-ons guys. They want to come in June and they're trying to lock them up. They're, they're basically not, they're basically recruiting against division two and division one, double a schools that can offer full scholarships. 
while offering these guys, you know, the dream of playing for Penn State and, and maybe being the next uh, Dominic DeLuca, right? And, and earning yeah. a scholarship. So that's the big thing. Uh, there are a handful of quality guys who don't hold a Penn State scholarship offer that I'm watching. One of those is the five guys we're going to talk about here in a bit. Uh, I will mention a couple of them. Uh, Jaquan Bostic is an interesting, intriguing player to me. Uh, right now, he has about a dozen or so offers from Cincinnati. He's from uh, Taft High School. We have him at 6'3", 175 as a safety. Uh, Michigan, Pitt, West Virginia are a few offers. Uh, I believe he has Kentucky, Purdue, a couple of schools like that as well. So that's an in- intriguing one. Uh, Herb Gray is another one that stands out to me. He's from Flowers uh, High School down in uh, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. 6'5", 250. On three hasn't listed as an edge at 6'5", 250. I, I, first off, let's see where he checks in this weekend. But right. those numbers suggest he'd be more of an interior guy. Uh, Herb's just beginning to pick up offers. But Tennessee, West Virginia, Boston College have all offered here in recent uh, months. So let's see where that goes. Uh, a couple other guys, too. Peyton Lewis is a good running back out of Virginia. And Ryan Corey is a, is a good-looking offensive lineman from uh, Pine Richland out in um, uh Western PA, I forget the town. I think Gibsonia, I want to say. Uh, but anyway, he has you know West Virginia, Kansas State. He actually got an Oregon offer kind of recently. So Ryan Corey is an intriguing player to me. Where Penn State uh, lands with him down the road, we'll see. But uh, I think there's there's a couple of those guys. I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of them gets an offer. And then there's also another player who we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, also, the one I want to shout out is 2026 quarterback from Pennsylvania, Dante Carr. Uh, yeah, my, my uh, long lost. Is that nephew. your hometown? Oh Lord, no. no, no! I'm oh, I'm just I a you're child. From Minersville. <laughs> no, no, no. We we I'm from Sugar Grove. It's even more. What you're from? Where? Yeah. No, I'm just a child, and we have the last name. So I was excited to see that, and he plays quarterback. Gotcha. And the only gotcha. way I'd be happier is if he played receiver. Um, so let's get into the list. <laughs> uh, you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, here's number five. Number five. Who do we got? <laughs> Wherever you want to start. So I guess we'll, if you want to do a countdown to the most intriguing guys, I guess we can look at it like that. Um, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll start with Nate Roberts. So 2025 tight end uh, out of Booker T. Washington in Norman, Oklahoma. What's, what's intriguing about Nate Roberts to me is that he just got an offer, I think like three, four days ago. I believe it was Monday. Uh, Penn State extended an offer to him. Uh, really good-looking prospect. Doesn't have a rating yet, but just look at his offer sheet, guys. I mean, he's got Tennessee. He's got Oklahoma. Yeah. He's got Wisconsin, Oklahoma State. I mean, he's going to have a ton of really good offers. And, and just he's look coming at to him. visit Penn State. <laughs> yeah, he's coming to visit Penn State, what, like five days? Uh, or three, four, five days after getting an offer. So that certainly stands out to me. Uh, whenever a player... Uh, yeah, I think we talked about this last week. Whenever you get an offer and then you're coming back quickly, or that was, excuse me, that was 
visiting and then coming back. Ethan Calloway yeah. is what I meant with that. But uh, yeah, whenever you get an offer and come and visiting a couple days later, of course, Penn State has a great tight end pedigree. I think that uh, has an impact on this as well. But uh, interesting player here. I think he's going to be a four-star player. I don't, I don't three hasn't rated him yet. I don't believe any of the sites have rated him yet just because he's 2025. But uh, certainly with his offer sheet, uh, his size, I talked yeah. to him a little bit. Certainly seems to be interested in Penn State, cares about a lot of things Penn State cares about. Uh, we'll see how this visit goes, but he could be somebody to watch down the road. Yeah, that's always fascinating. I'm I'm fascinated in how you build the run, right? How do you get a run at a position? And Penn State is on one at tight end. And at other positions where they've been struggling to get that going, you've seen some changes made. So Caleb Brewer makes a lot of sense for the Nittany Lions. And also, like I said, if you're watching here on YouTube, just look at him. He's huge. He's, I mean, this what this is a sophomore film for a 2025 yeah. guy. Um, yeah, the only thing I'd say is, like, does he get faster as he gets older? But, like, size, hands, seems like a decent blocker, dominates his level of competition. And just the way he looks and moves on his level, he looks and moves like a Penn State tight end. So, um, yeah, I think that's a super interesting one to start with. Uh, do you, who's at number four? So we'll stay 2025 and we'll build a 2024, right? I think that's right. like the natural way to do it. And we'll go with number four. You and these graphics, man. You have, I wouldn't say you have too much time when you're in, but I know you don't, but I like it. I like it. So, so here's the thing is like, I, I want to do more stuff like this. It's just a little bit behind the curtains. Uh, the, the software that we use is not capable of keeping up with me. So yes. try to keep it as basic as possible. But anyway, uh, like, for example, if that scared you when I played that graphic, I can't control the sound. I can make it, and then I have to just upload it as it is. I can't do any final adjustments. So number four is... So if our own three bosses are watching, maybe we should maybe we should find a new system. I think that's what T. Frank was trying to say there. All right. Anyway, uh, and be mad at me, on three bosses, if, if so. Um, that came from my mouth, not T. Frank. Uh, Malik Washington. Sorry. Let's go. Archbishop Spalding, quarterback who came up and visited Penn State. Uh, so he visited Penn State the first time last April, then came to camp in June, had a very strong workout. Um, I... We'll share his testing numbers down the road. I don't want people to be mad at me for sharing a 2025 guy's testing number. So all the schools out there would know it and offer him. But very impressive player uh, that I think Mike Yurchich is certainly sold on. What stood out to me that day was not only that uh, Malik tested well, but he also stood up uh, and, and threw the ball really well with Samaj Jones. Samaj Jones is, of course, 2024 quarterback from, from St. Joseph's Prep, who actually just happened to be here last weekend. And I just thought watching those two, Malik was certainly, uh, like I said, held his own against a player who uh, holds a four-star rating right now. And uh, it's certainly a guy to keep an eye on down the road for Penn State. A couple other things with Malik. Uh, Zaki Wheatley, of course, from Archbishop Spalding. There's a relationship there. I think that will help Penn State down the road. Uh, this was this was Malik's first season as a starter. Almost 3,000 yards passing, 29 touchdowns. Did throw eight interceptions, which is a little higher than I think you want to see, but he's a sophomore, right? Like, you get those yeah. interceptions in now, you learn, you try and get that number down. And I think Malik would tell you that. Uh, I mean, they threw the ball a ton, too, so I want to keep that in mind. But uh, can make plays with his feet as well, Hundred, uh, just under 200 yards rushing, four touchdowns, and he led Spalding to the MIAA A Conference Championship, uh, which is, uh, you know, there, there's some really good schools in there playing against the Gilmans of the world and Calvert Halls. So uh, Duke, Maryland, Virginia Tech have all offered so far. We'll see That'll where that up. goes. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was yeah. kind of surprised it hasn't more already. Uh, but I think I just think so many schools are focused on 2024 that that's a, a big reason why. But I think Malik Washington is going to be a player we're talking about a lot here. Uh, yeah. Probably this summer, the definitely next season, and then, of course, beyond that, who, who knows, maybe he'll be committed by then. The uh, It all just clicked in my head when you were discussing him at Penn State's camp. I remember I was actually at that camp. You and, were. yeah, he was one of the most impressive quarterbacks there that day. Uh, and he was one of the youngest guys. And just size, frame, everything is locked in there. And one thing I like, and this is just a small thing because, of course, I, I haven't done a deep dive on his full games to understand some of the strengths and weaknesses as a passer, but all his highlights are of him as a passer. So, you know, when you're talking about playing the position and the mentality of the position, he's doing the work to learn how to read coverages and throw to guys. And, and some of the things you saw layering the ball. I like some of the early signs you've seen from him. So, you know, if, if his testing number is as good as you're talking about and they are, and he's got early film like that. Oh, he's going to be a very exciting prospect in 2025. Anything else on Malik before we move on? Ready to move on. Let's go. All right. I set you up poorly for the last one. So here we go. We're going on to number three. Number three. I'm quiet until it's done. Uh, <laughs> Caleb Brewer from Why I'm Missing. Of course, the uh, offensive lineman uh, who, of course, was teammates with Javon Williams last year. This is... We have him at- Go ahead. This is hilarious film. I'm sorry. If you're watching on YouTube, watching this dude run of the football makes me happy. That's I just I had to say s- that. <laughs> oh, I, I actually, no, I do remember watching this now. Yeah, that was, that was a good play, man. He moves really well. So He does. 6'4", uh, 280. So I'm curious to learn more on where he stacks up from a physical perspective. I think those numbers are pretty accurate. I think those were from a previous camp this year. I believe Caleb camped at the end of June. Had a good performance there. I think when when you look at some of the regional guys in the area who he would be competing against for a Penn State offer, maybe someone like Ryan Corey, maybe someone like Mason Wade, uh, I, I think Caleb stacks up pretty well. I think he just moves a little bit better than those guys. I think they all yeah. have have a, a good bit to learn from a technical perspective. But I think Ryan or Ryan Caleb uh, is probably the the better athlete of, of that group, and that's why I do think Penn State's probably going to offer him this weekend. I mean, look, look, he's up to twenty offers now. You got Notre Dame, you got Tennessee, you got Michigan, South Carolina, Wisconsin. I can go on and on. Uh, Virginia Tech, Brent Pry, of course, uh, Matt Rule at Nebraska. So he has. Some quality offers now, but he doesn't have that in-state school. So if Penn State's going to offer, I feel like it has to come this weekend because if you don't offer this weekend while he's on campus and then that moves forward with all these other schools, you're sending a sign that, man, we're not really that interested into you. So I think they have to offer this weekend. Of course, they'll continue evaluating like we talked earlier. No Mm -hmm. offers. uh, You can commit tomorrow kind of offer. Uh, and and we'll see where things go. But uh, Javen's already on campus, of course. Uh, that that should only help Penn State. There is a good relationship there. But w- when you have Notre Dame, Tennessee, Michigan, Pitt, a few others, uh, I expect Caleb to look around. I don't think a Penn State offer is going to just be the, the end lock. all be all for him. Right. right. Um, one quick question: guard or defense? I think so. I think I think a guard. Okay, yeah, I, I would think so. But we'll see. I mean, I, I, the, that number will tell us a lot more. Uh, when when we see it, but I I definitely see him as an as an offensive lineman, and and I would think as a guard. But uh, get let's get some accurate measurables. I mean, the last time I think he measured in on a on a camp that I attended, whether it was uh, Penn State or Under Armour's or any of those kind of camps, I, mean, I believe those were the numbers. So six four two eighty. So let's see if he's added an inch. Uh, yeah. Because so, it, it's been at least half a year or so since I think we've gotten accurate measurements on him. 
it is an interesting conversation we, we've talked a lot about in the transfer portal and here on the show about Penn State needing more defensive tackle prospects and you know I understand what they're doing and I endorse what they're doing but allocation of resources tells you all you should know and like if Anthony Donko is not a nose tackle because uh, he's playing guard you know, Caleb Brewer, if he's a guard and he's not playing defense, like these are also decisions that go into the prospects that you're interested in, whether they're making that decision or you're making that decision. I find that interesting. Just I was watching his film and I'm like, maybe he's a maybe he could be a, a nose tackle. But mm-hmm. uh, what do you think about that in terms of where Penn State's prioritized linemen that have these skills and abilities and where they've allocated them on the depth chart? I think that they understand that defensive tackle specifically is one of those positions that if you don't have difference makers, guys that are just kind of on a different level, you're at a disadvantage. So I think that's mm-hmm. really what they're trying to do is shoot. Like, you know how their running back room is as town as anybody? Like, they're yeah. just aiming as high as they possibly can. And maybe Got down it. the road, maybe, you know, if they don't get those guys, they, they, they look back on those kind of things. Like, Matthias Barnwell was talked about for a long time as somebody yep. who could play a couple spots. And, you know, at one point we were talking D-line. Uh, now it looks like he's going to start a tight end. But my point there is just, I, I think right now they're aiming for guys that are bona fide studs. They found one in Zane Durant. They need mm-hmm. to find two more of those guys, whether it's this year's class. Maybe maybe someone from this past class. I, I don't know how that'll shake yeah. out. But I I I do feel confident in saying that that is one position that they are trying to address. It's just not easy, though, man. And a lot right. of those stud players are from Georgia. <laughs> they're from so, Florida. They're, they're from places that Penn State doesn't naturally offer and become top five right away. Right. So I, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I agree. That's, a, that's what I'm saying. I guess I'm playing devil's advocate here, and probably mm-hmm. I, I'm staying the case wrong. But Caleb Brewer could be a, a fine one tech, right? Like he could be six, he could be six, four and a half, 305 pounds and hold the middle and maybe not be a difference maker, but provide that skill. Cause Penn State has what, you know, what we've seen is Tyreek Blanding becomes the guy in the class. And, and, you know, maybe once in a while you get a Caleb artist who is that size in high school, but there's these development guys that are Kaziah Izzard that when they're Richard juniors, they're 295. Instead of finding maybe one or two guys that are, okay, he's not going to be the complete package, but he is going to provide that variety of skill within the room. And I guess that's what I'm saying here is like, uh, Caleb Brewer made me think of it, but it's not just Caleb Brewer. Like like I said, I think Anthony Donko, if you put him at one tech, maybe he could develop into a guy that could be a wrecking ball with 36-inch arms and 305 as a freshman and all that stuff. They've made the decision to put him on the offensive line because that's where he wants, you know, that's where he wants to be. That's where they want him to be. I'm not arguing that decision i'm just evaluating the the resources available to find a thing that has eluded them be honest with you like really since pj mustafer to find one of those specific players Mm -hmm. i I think anthony donko fits that better than caleb brewer but that's right that's from me or my perspective but we'll see i mean let's they have deshaun dotson coming up this weekend from newman garetti i'm not sure like he's another guy who like I've he's listed as a D lineman, but I, I've heard talk that Penn State actually kind of thinks he could be an offensive lineman. So let's just see. Like he's another swing guy. We haven't talked about him a ton. Uh, that's because he hasn't visited a ton. He's been on a bunch of lists to visit and then doesn't end up coming up. So let's see if he makes it this weekend. But uh, I mean, defensive tackle certainly is a position they need to address, and the region right now is not very good. Which is why that yeah. Herb Gray, as I mentioned earlier from Flowers, uh, is somebody that I'm intrigued with just because he has the size for that and, and is now getting Tennessee and, you know, some decent offers. 
Yeah, it, it's an interesting conversation. I, I want to keep having that throughout the offseason with all of these prospects and, and with the roster. I don't think we're going to be avoiding it anyway. So here's no. number two on the list. Number two. Where are we going yeah, here, Ryan? I will go with William Satterway, uh, offensive, another offensive lineman, Archbishop Hoban and Akron. So I, I'm just now getting to know William. I haven't talked to him too, too much yet. But he just seems to have some genuine, real interest in Penn State. Seems pretty excited about this visit. Uh, he's got offers now from Michigan State, Auburn, Wisconsin. Uh, who else is on? I think uh, Wisconsin, or I think I said Wisconsin. Uh, Duke, Kentucky, a few others. Uh, visited a few schools so far. Hasn't been too, too active uh, throughout the process. Uh, I believe he's been to Michigan State and Ohio State. I think those are the only two so far. Uh, so let's see where this goes. I mean, he did come to Penn State for the season finale against Michigan State. There was a lot of interest there. Um, spoke highly of that. And uh, I'm just kind of curious to see where this recruitment goes. I, I do think Penn State has more interest in Satterwhite than I thought when he visited previously. Uh, pretty good film there. Seems to be a good kid, really connecting well with Stacey Collins, who's a regional recruiter in that area, as well as Phil Troutwine. Uh, right now, he holds a four-star rating as well by own three, number 276 nationally, number 11 in Ohio. You got to always get a couple kids from Ohio. You know, There mm-hmm. was a point where I thought Devontae and Deontay Armstrong could potentially be those guys from Ohio. Now they just picked up Ohio State offers. So I don't, I'm not sure where that's going to take them. But uh, obviously Ohio State offers are, are big for those, uh, those Ohio State kids. So right. let's see where this goes with William. Again, his last visit was, uh, this is similar to Ethan Calloway, I, I believe. I, I think, yeah, his last visit was Penn State, uh, November 26th for the Michigan State game. And now out of all the schools he's choosing to go back to for the first time, it's going to be Penn State. So another guy that uh, I just think is growing, is moving up the board more than yeah. I thought in November. And here we are with another visit. And this will be his first time really checking everything out. Just came for a game last time. So let's see where things uh, stand after that. Any idea, tackle guard, interior guard? I don't. I, say? I okay. don't. No, I, I don't have accurate measurements on him. I did not get accurate measurements after his previous visit. So 6'5", 280 is what he's listed at. Let's see. Uh, he'll certainly be a guy that I, I inquire about after this visit. So not not really sure at the moment. We'll, we'll try and figure that out. 0-3 has him as an interior guy. So yeah. For the, what that's uh, so let's get to the last one. Number one, the most interesting, exciting player on the list, intriguing, however you were phrasing it earlier. Uh, who? Uh, let's get... Ah, I almost Let set you up it. wrong. Come on. I almost Let set you up it. wrong. Number one. Yeah, Josiah Brown, man. Has to be Josiah Brown. Uh, let's see if Josiah makes it. He's been on a couple lists as well and, and hasn't been able to make the trip. Uh, but he's been here a couple times. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but actually, let me clarify. Josiah Brown, Hicksville, New York, Long Island, uh, Holy Trinity, listed as an athlete, six foot 165 is what we have him down at. Uh, I believe his only visit so far was the beginning of April. Uh, Josiah's been on two or three RSVP lists, hasn't been able to fully make the trip. So let's see if he's able to make it. Uh, that, that's obviously incredibly important to make, make sure he gets down here. But uh, this is a game, uh, a, a playmaker, guys, somebody that Penn State absolutely wants in their class. On three thinks incredibly highly of him. I was talking to Charles Power about him, I think maybe about a month ago. And Pets error, Penn State. On three has him at number 50 in the nation right now. I actually didn't realize how high he was uh, until Charles and I were having that talk. Uh, just for comparison's sake, the consensus, which of course takes rivals and ESPN and 24 7, uh, that has him down at 208. So our guys think incredibly highly of Josiah Brown. I think he's more of a wide receiver than a defensive back for Penn State, I believe. Uh, that's still something I'm trying to make sure on but 
Uh, Penn State's needed wide receiver just makes sense that, that Josiah would lean that way. Uh, I believe he had uh, 425 yards receiving this year. Only played, I think, seven games. I think he, I'm not sure if he missed a few or if they just don't play a ton of games up there in Long Island. But uh, the stats on, on Max Prep, at least, are 425 yards uh, receiving. I think he averaged, um, I'm trying to find it here. It only says 74 games. So uh, I need to find a little bit more. Let's see if we find it. Nope. I can't find it. This is bad podcasting. So we'll move on. <laughs> Go ahead, T. Frank. Oh, well, I well you were doing that. Twenty I was yards. To... I got it. Twenty <laughs> yards. Sorry, I just screamed. Nailed it. Uh, I was looking at the same time for hundred meter dash times. So we were both doing the same thing yes. on the fly, uh, looking for information. But yeah, on film, the way he runs, you know, just that open field when he opens his gate, and you can see how how um, much ground he chews up. And then the question just is like. What is the top end of that? What's the top end speed? And at six foot one sixty five, great frame. It looks like you know he looks like he's got a big frame for six feet with with a lot of room to grow into that guy that you're really looking for. So, um, because I was Reddit looking 10, for track seven, times, by the way, there meter, we go, ten seven. Yep, should have said that uh, off the bat. That was like one of the most important things. So thank you for getting that in there. I was I was looking at all these track sites and it's like sign up, log in, give you. I was like, ah, nope, not gonna be able to do that in a second. Uh, so ten seven is very good. That's that's the time that we're looking for. So, uh, where's Penn State stand heading into this weekend? From what you can tell, it's a hard one to read, man. I, I don't have a great read for you. He's only visited one time. Like I said, that yeah. one April visit, uh, got to Rutgers a couple times. A lot easier for him to get to Rutgers excuse me, than it, than it is here, uh, Syracuse. And then I think he went to Notre Dame last July. Those are the ones we have marked. So he hasn't been a traveler, you know, someone going to a dozen different schools, but all you got to do is look at his offer sheet. Uh, Georgia, as I mentioned, Notre Dame, you got Oklahoma on there, uh, Wisconsin again, uh, offering a ton of guys. Of course, I mentioned Rutgers and Syracuse, South Carolina is another one. Miami is another one. So uh, there's certainly some quality schools there. And I mean, Penn State should be, this should be a, a, a school or a player that Penn State's at least top three with, duking it out mm-hmm. with some other top player. I could see Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame yeah. certainly makes sense to to be that one of those other schools. And then let's see if he makes it down to Georgia, of course. But this is one where it's you know I, I'd be lying if I said I had a great feel for him. We've only talked a couple times. Quieter guy, uh, but let's see if he makes it up here because that that's most important first and foremost. So if you want that information, bluewhiteillustrated.com from Ryan Snyder, Lions Den message form. And then, of course, uh, his outstanding reporting the week after when he gets in contact with these kids. $29.99 to sign up. Uh, you missed the dollar deal, which we had for the Sorry, entirety guys. of forever. Then we then it was 10 bucks, And now you've, you've waited too long. But it's still an amazing deal. It's still uh, all the way till next year to get it for that price. And then uh, you sign up, you get all that insider information. You get to know about Josiah Brown and how he felt about his Penn State visit before anybody else. So sign up there. Subscribe here. The podcast is over. If you haven't hit pause yet, please just listen and do the things I'm asking you to do, which is like, subscribe, and give us the five-star comment for the mailbag episode coming up next week. But Ryan will be back on Monday to recap everything for our recruiting show. So Ryan, get some sleep, rest up, ice up. We'll need you on Monday. My kid's birthday's Monday, so I'll do my best. No, I'm kidding. I'll be here. I'm joking. (laughs) That'll do it today for the BWI Daily Edition. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. We'll talk to you later. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.